a glorious Monday today and a glorious week for you. Yes, in Jesus' wonderful name, thank you for being with me today, my wonderful partners. I pray the Lord will bless you so richly today and this whole week. And today I have a teaching for you called Time for Change. It's time to see what God has promised us and to go for it all the way. I'm telling you, that's the word of God. Let's pray, wonderful Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege to serve you. Thank you, Lord, for your love, your grace, your mercy, your abundant, wonderful mercy. Bless your people today, Lord. Meet every need in their lives, every need in Jesus' wonderful name. And God's people said, Amen. Listen, I want you to share this teaching because it's so important, especially in our day-to-day. Okay, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning at verse 14. I'm going to read through verse 21 with you. 2 Corinthians 5, 14, for the love of Christ constrains us. Wow. Because we thus judge. If one died for all, then we're all dead. He says, this is our conclusion. If one died for all, then we should die for him. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. So when he said then, were we all dead, he meant living for the Lord, not living for ourselves. Wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation, a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. And then it says, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead be reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. Hallelujah. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So, this is so beautiful and so powerful, the, the, the entire portion here. And what I want to deal with is what God has done for us, what God has done for us. Now think about where we've come from. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Sin is a disease that all humanity has. It's a disease everyone has. Because all have sinned and come short. That word, to come short, to fall short, means that all of us have failed to measure up to God's standard of righteousness. We have fallen short of the glory of God. We have, we have failed to, to measure up to God's standard of righteousness. So our good deeds cannot make up for, 
for our failures. Our good deeds will never make up for our failures. Even our good deeds, the Bible says, are not accepted in the sight of God. I'm just saying all this to remind you, where did the Lord bring us all from? What was our life like before we got saved, you know? And so Isaiah 64, 6, it says all our righteousness filter rags, totally. Now, I know you know that beautiful portion, but let's look at it again because there's so much more in it. Isaiah 64, let's go to it, and let's look at verse 6, and it says this. We are all as an unclean thing. All our righteousness are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf. Our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. Our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. So you see that men, men, humanity, are not sinners because they sin. No, they sin because they are sinners. So people are not sinners because they sin. They sin because they are sinners. All of us were conceived in sin. I'm here to remind you, what did Jesus do already in our lives? And, and yet, so many of us are not even where we should be in the Lord. You know, today many people are questioning the Bible. A, a new study just was done, so upsetting to be honest with you, was on CBN News. 39% of a thousand ministers questioned, do not believe Jesus is the way to heaven. Can you believe that? 39% of 1,000 preachers, it's on CBN News, you, you, you can go and read it. Don't believe what the Bible teaches. These are pastors. And I'm here today because I feel it's my responsibility and my privilege to tell you what the Bible really says about sin and about righteousness. There is no other way to heaven. Jesus said, I am the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No man, no man will come to the Father but by me. Yet these people, some of them are questioning that. They're questioning that. But I want you to be strong in the Lord, in the power of his might. I want you to finish this race stronger than when you started as a Christian. And I pray the Lord will use his blessed word that I bring to you every single day to strengthen you in the faith and how we all need it. So, we're not sinners because we sin. We sin because we are sinners. And David said something so powerful. Let's look at that, Psalm 51. Because you know, when, when you see the scripture, oh, it just, life comes out, you know. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, Psalm 51, five. In sin did my mother conceive me. How true. And I'm here to remind you what the Bible says about our conditions before salvation. So we would see the beauty of our salvation today. We were also dead, completely dead, in Ephesians 2 and verse 1. It says we were dead. In other words, unable 
to even know the Lord, unable to talk to the Lord, unable to serve the Lord. It says, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespass and sins. We, we could not love him, we could not know him, we could not obey him, we could not please him, we could not serve him. Why? Because we were dead. Not only were we dead, we were also defiled. Think about that. Think about how far we've come. Why go back? Why are people going back in what they came out of? Think about dead. Now, the Bible says we were defiled. But people today are not thinking about the joy and the blessings of salvation. It gives us life eternal. And all that only through Jesus. Only through Jesus. And so in Titus chapter 1, let's go to it, come on. Titus 1 and verse 15 says what? It says this. It says, unto the pure all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. Even their mind is defiled. And that's where we all were, defiled before we came to know the Lord. I think about the times when the Lord set me free back in the early 70s from the things that bound me. Oh, I never want to go back. There is no turning back. The cross before us and the world behind us. No turning back. Never, never. And then when you read about what's going on today, you, you think, though none go with me, yet I will follow. And I know you feel the same way. Though none go with me, yet I will follow. To whom shall we go, Lord? You have the words of life. Only Jesus, only Jesus will satisfy your life and soul. And think about, we were, we were slaves to sin before we knew the Lord. We were slaves. Who wants to go back to that slavery to sin? No, never, never. Look at uh, John 8, 34. Jesus answered them, verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever commits sin is the servant of sin, servant of sin. And not only were we slaves to sin, we were blinded by the devil. And who wants to go back to that? The reason I'm talking, because I think there are some of you listening that have been been misled, maybe even by preachers, that maybe you don't believe parts of the Bible anymore. It's, It's a shock for me to find that out, that people are actually questioning the Bible. I'm here to remind you what the Bible says about what your life was like before you got saved. So you stay in the faith and get stronger. The Bible even says you were bl- we were all blinded. Look at that uh, 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. This is all very important that we see the darkness we were in. Never forget where you came from. Never forget where you came from. 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God should shine unto them. All of us at one time were blinded by the devil, unable to see the truth, unable to understand the gospel. And we were also under God's judgment. Maybe people forget that. Prior to our salvation, we were under judgment. It says so in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2. Look at, look at verse 3. It says very, very clearly, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature 
the children of wrath. That was our past. And who wants to go back to that? Not me, and I know not you. And then it says in in this same chapter, Ephesians 2, and I just read for you, verse 3. But let's look at verse 12 and 13. It says this, that in the time, at that time, you were without Christ, aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope without God in the world. Wow. So we were at one time completely separated from the Lord. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were sometimes far off are made nigh by the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. So, in his love, God chose you. I'm going to deal with that this week on the, on the importance to understand that God chose us in love. We did not choose him. He chose us. He said to Israel in Deuteronomy 7, he says, I chose you to be my people because I set my love on you. I set my love on you. And God says the same thing to you. Same thing to all of us. God did not choose us because we deserved it. God did not choose us because we were better than other people. God chose us because he loved us. We were chosen in love. Jesus said, I chose you. You didn't choose me. Ephesians 1 says we were chosen in love before the foundation of the world. You know, I think about Psalm 139 at times, and I'm amazed how God literally chose us before creation and wrote our parts, physical parts, in a book, knew our thoughts afar off. God Almighty has loved you in all eternity. That's what it says in the Psalms. And this is the thing I want to remind you how precious you are to the Lord, that every hair is numbered. He thinks about you all the time. And David says in that Psalm, Lord, your thoughts towards me are more than the sand on the seashore or the stars in the heaven. And they've been like that for all eternity. All eternity. I think about my kids today because I got them. They were born into this life. But I didn't think about them before time and it began. But God Almighty has thought about us and loved us before time. In eternity past. Think about that. And that's why David says, it's too wonderful for me. It's too overwhelming to even understand that. And now God offers us salvation. God reaches down to us and saves us when we did not even know him. We were dead, defiled, separated from the Lord, blinded by the devil. Yet God reached out and pulled us out of that darkness by by himself, pulled us out of that sin, blindness of the devil. And revealed his love to us. I'll never forget that day when I got saved. I said, oh, someone only had told me about this long ago. And today I look back at my life, I'm just so beyond amazed, beyond amazed. And what did God do? He forgave us. He forgave us. The Bible says that God forgave us all our sin. This is what justification means. He declared us righteous. Before we even knew him. Think about that. 
And then the Bible says something so beautiful about forgiveness. Isaiah, let's go to Isaiah 43. So precious. This is one of the most precious verses in the, in the Old Covenant about this. And that's in Isaiah 43, 25. I, even I, am he that blots out your transgressions for my sake. Not for your sake. God says for his sake. And will not remember your sins. God did not say I cannot remember. He said I will not remember. I will not remember. Because he loves you. That he will not remember your sin. You remember it. I remember it. But God says no, I won't remember it. What love is that? What love is that? It's God's love. You know, the Bible tells us something so powerful. In Romans 8, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation. Meaning, don't let your memory condemn you when God himself doesn't condemn you. Because God says, I have forgiven, I have forgotten, I will not remember your sin. And all we have to do is confess. In, 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 in 1 John 1 and verse 9, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us all our sins. Continually, continually. But think about that, that God forgave you before you knew him. He justified you before you knew him. He accepted you when you did not even know him because of his love. And now you discovered his love and forgiveness at salvation. And he gave you the faith to even believe and keeps you in the faith. Wow. I saw, I think I told you, I saw a young man one time wearing a t-shirt that says, keep the faith. And I said to someone with me, I said, no, 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 it's not keep the faith. It's, it's the faith keeps you. The faith keeps you because God keeps us in the faith. Because we're his children. His children. And a lot of people are walking away from that today. That's why I'm talking to you and I'm hoping that you can help somebody else that you know who's questioning God's love today. Not only did God Almighty forgive us and justify us, but at the cross, listen, Jesus took all our sins and gave us his righteousness. Think about it. He declared us righteous, 2 Corinthians 5.21. He who knew no sin took our sins that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And then, you know what? And this is so, so incredible that God Almighty purifies us by the blood of Jesus every single day, keeps us clean. When we go to him, when we say, Lord, forgive me, and I'm sorry, because it says 1 John 1, 7, if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth, present tense, cleanseth us from all sins. Romans 5.10 says, we have been reconciled to God Almighty. Reconciled? Because he, he reconciled us. We didn't even try to. He did it. And then gloriously born again. But why? Why did God do it? Why did God do it? Listen to John 10.27. And I know you know this, but it's, it's, it's time to be reminded of what the Bible says about our salvation. So, John 10.27. Here's, here's what the Lord says. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give to them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hands. So nobody can pluck us out of the Lord's hands. But yet we can walk away. 
Jesus said that very clearly in John 15. He says, abide in me. If you don't, you go. It is people who walk away. God says, nobody can pluck you out of my hand. As long as you're walking with the Lord, nobody can remove you. Nobody. But wow. God, as our heavenly Father, has promised to love us, protect us, provide for us. And then he said, the best is yet to come. I had not seen, nor ear hath heard. Wow, wow, wow. First Corinthians 2. I love that portion. And look at this amazing portion here in verse 9. I had not seen, nor ear hath heard, now that I have entered into the heart of men the things which God hath prepared for them that love so much more. So, it's time to live for Jesus all the way, all the way. That report I read this morning was so sad that 39% of a 1,000 pastors were questioned in this survey, and 39% of them said they don't believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven. It breaks my heart, you know. They don't believe the Bible. They question the word of God. That's why the sheep are scattered like they are today. That's why people are confused. And they don't have a, a biblical view anymore. They don't even believe the truth of the Bible. You know, I've said this before, I'm going to say it again. Satan never questioned the authority of the Bible. When Jesus said to him, it is written, when the, when the enemy came to tempt him, and the Lord said, it is written, the devil never questioned what was written. In fact, he fled, he departed. We resist him with the word, and he knows the Bible is real and true. If the devil believes the Bible, shame on those who don't. Shame on those who don't believe that, that the Bible is really God's word. And God has proven that his word is his word by fulfilled prophecy. Hundreds, hundreds of prophecies already fulfilled in details. 332 prophecies alone about the first coming of the Lord, fulfilled in details. Hundreds more about Israel, the restoration of Israel, fulfilled in details. And that gives us all the assurance that the hundreds more that will be fulfilled about the second coming will be fulfilled just like already we have seen hundreds, full, hundreds fulfilled. The chances of that happening are zero. In fact, below zero. But they happen because it's God's word. And today God is showing through archaeology in Israel the truth of his word to those who don't want to even think about the spiritual side. God is saying, okay, fine, I'll show you the natural side, that this is my word. Let the word of Christ dwell richly within you, the Bible says. Oh, Lord, let's pray, let's pray. I, I, I'm going to ask God to anoint you to see his beauty in his word and to protect you from the lie out there today. Lord, in the name of Jesus, come on, stretch your hands towards me, and I'm believing God with you. Lord, your word declares you're able to keep us from falling, to present us before your throne with joy without blame and with joy. You are the wise God, all wise God, Lord. Bless your sheep, bless your people, bless your inheritance, bless your own, Lord. 
with strength in the inner man, in the inner man, Lord. Bless them, protect them, uphold them, defend and keep them as the apple of the eye. Hide them under the shadow of your wings. Meet every need today, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, yes, my heart is stirred up by that, you know, because I want to see you strong in the Lord. I want to see you make it strong. Tomorrow I'm going to talk about hand-picked for God. You are hand-picked for God. Thank you, by the way, for uh, watching the new things we are doing on Instagram. Our numbers have gone way up. Thank you for following us on YouTube and tell your friends about that too, will you? And what I am teaching, you can watch it on our website, benahim.org. And thank you for watching me on Facebook and all the other platforms. And tell your friends to keep watching. And then tomorrow, a great teaching that I'm going to... Oh, I'm so excited about tomorrow's teaching. All right, it's time now to give the Lord's work because it's important. It's important. He gave us the best. He gave us his best. Think about He gave us Jesus. He gave us life eternal. He forgave us. Oh, on and on. So so many, way more than I even shared with you today. It's our privilege, it's our privilege to give him of our resources. Because the Bible says, give, it shall be given unto you. If we don't give, we don't receive. And finance is important in this life. We need money to pay our bills. And God cares enough about our natural bills. He wants to bless us. But we have to give it to the Lord. Give a part of it to God. Give him something to work with. Give him something to work with. And you'll see what God will do. He'll touch that seed. He'll bless that seed. He'll multiply that seed. He'll give it right back to you. Nobody can do that out there. Only God can can do that and will do that. Because he'll bless our seed when we give it to him. We honor him with our giving. Lord, bless them as they honor you today. And Lord, reward them financially also. Protect them financially. In Jesus' name, abundance. Let abundance belong to them. In Jesus' sweet name. Amen. All right, you can give on the platform you're watching me on. You can go to our website, benin.org. You can text BHM45777. Much love. I'll see you tomorrow.